0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. The Boilermakers will try to bounce back the FCS opponent Indiana State on Saturday after the loss to Penn State in Week One. What does Purdue need to do better in week two? We'll discuss that on Golden Black Radio. Kyle is here with Tom Deanhart after the long holiday weekend, which I don't think applies to sports writers. Tom, you were busy at it yesterday, Jeff Brom's press conference, as the Boilermakers get set for the Sycamores on Saturday in the late afternoon. Purdue did a lot of things well against Penn State. Got some things to work on, as well as it gets set for ISU. I guess what's your big takeaway from from yesterday at at, at Brom's uh, presser and and sort of what Purdue has to do to get ready for this game on Saturday? Yeah, no no jarts, no frisbee, no
1: cookout for me. Kyle charters hard <laughs> at it, pecking away at the keyboard. But yeah, Jeff had his Jeff Brom had his press conference yesterday at eleven. And I think people coming out of that game Thursday knew, you know, A, the missed tackles, you know, B, I guess the inability to to kill the clock or milk the clock, if you will, in that four-minute offense late was a big storyline coming out of the game. And then the penalties too, right? I think there were nine overall, five on the defense and four on the offense. So, I mean, those are more, I guess, negative takeaways, right? Um, You know, positively, obviously, I think um, there's plenty to build on for Purdue. Charlie Jones, right? He was everything we thought he was going to be, um, you know, what, 12 catches, 153 yards. Kyle, he's on pace for 12 games to catch 144 passes, so that's always kind of fun <laughs> math to be right, and I, I still think defensively, you know, why, why, why they had their issues. I think by and large, the defense, especially the front seven in particular, I think showed out pretty well the line, I think, in the second half, started to get a little better push, so. Again, plenty to work on. You know what? Right out of the gate, Kyle, you want to know what you're made of. And Purdue's certainly got got a litmus test and knows what world has to get cleaned up here moving forward. And there's three games the rest of this month for a chance to Purdue to get those things cleaned up before they head into that make or break October.
0: Yeah, probably the right opponent at the right time this weekend And the Sycamores, of course, Indiana State is an FCS. That does not mean necessarily that it's an automatic win, of course, Purdue struggled in a different era with ISU a few years ago, and FCS teams do beat uh, FBS teams on occasion. But it seems like this is a, a good week uh, to have uh, a lower division team, maybe get some of those things cleaned up. Purdue wants to be able to run the ball better uh, than it did. I thought it ran the ball okay through the first three quarters, and then you know, sort of when it needed to run the ball late, uh, Jeff Brown decided not to do so. Uh, you know, uh, this is the way I've always said Purdue in the running game. It needs to maintain the threat of balance. It doesn't have to be balanced, but the threat of balance is the key be able to run the ball in the red zone, run the ball short yardage, run the ball when you have a lead. What do you think we'll see in terms of Purdue's running game this weekend against a lesser opponent, seemingly lower division opponent, and then going forward? Yeah, just
1: first, Indiana State, Kyle, you're right. You know, Purdue is 12-0 and all the time against FCS schools. But like you said, uh, every year we see those FCS schools take down FBS schools. <clears throat> Already happened a couple times this year. I know Delaware beat Navy. The last time a Big Ten team's lost to FCS, you got to go back to 2016, happened to Iowa and Northwestern. Um, so you always have to have your radar up, obviously, and Indiana State's going to come to town with a heavy heart having lost couple of football players in that car accident in August. Um, so, yeah, Jeff rom got total respect for, for this team. And, again, he knows you've got to stay dialed in no matter who you're playing. And for sure, Kyle, I think he wants to, you know, get some teeth in that ground game. This may be a good opportunity to do that, that very thing. Um, you know, it was interesting. I thought you probably noticed, too, on Thursday, when Purdue really wanted to muscle up in the ground game, they brought in a sixth offensive lineman. Mahane yeah. Musa came in as a, as a tackle and uh, there was one sequence I think on the second King Drew touchdown Kyle that was the, the configuration up front plus Payne Durham was in the game plus Purdue had Marcus Bowe an offensive lineman in motion as a lead blocker on that play so uh, they're trying to get creative when they're in short yardage situations in the red zone in particular to try to get a push they did very well I thought in the red zone with one on the football now, again, I think an underlying storyline we forget here is the loss of Garrett Miller and what that means, not just to the pass game, but also to the run game. He was the best blocking tight end yeah. they have. So you've you got to think outside the box, and I think Jeff Rums is really good at that, coming up with schemes and ideas to try to work around maybe any personnel deficiencies he may have. And that was one example of it. So this may be an opportunity Thursday, or I should say Saturday at 4 p.m. in would say, for Purdue to muscle up and just gain some confidence, right? Just try to gain some confidence. You really hope if you're Purdue, this thing doesn't come down to the fourth quarter. You hope you're emptying your bench by the fourth quarter, right? And maybe you got two hundred yards rush just to get some mojo. I know it's a lesser foe, but sometimes, Kyle, you just like to feel good about yourself overall. And this may be a chance you'd think, hopefully, for Purdue to feel good about themselves in a lot of areas, including the run game.
0: One thing that we did not see as part of the run game that we I think we both expected to see a little bit of was Tyrone Tracy be involved some out of the backfield. We did see T.J. Sheffield get a carry on a sweep that turned into a disaster for Purdue at the end of the first half. But we did not see Tracy get get any carries, only had a couple of touches as a receiver. Does he need to be more involved in that run game or just more involved in the offense in general?
1: Yes, he does. Exactly what you said, um uh... The latter there. He has, he has to be more involved, Kyle. And, and Jeff Brom talked about that yesterday. Um, two touches overall on Thursday one rush, one reception. And, you know, you, you cover the team. You're around it a lot, too. Uh, spring football, Tiger and Tracy was here. A lot of good things they had to say about the Iowa transfer. Fall camp, much the same storyline. A lot of excitement about Tiger and Tracy there was talk of him being deployed. Not, I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel, but being deployed like a Debo Samuel player, a guy who's going to run it and, and also catch it. So I think we all thought we'd see more from Tracy right out of the gate, and that wasn't the case. And I think that was just an oversight. Uh, I think moving forward, Jeff Brown is going to try to utilize him more because I really think how, you know, this offense, needs playmakers, right? And Tracy's a guy I think that can make plays for you, and we know what Charlie Jones can do. Marshawn Rice had a nice little step out game as well, and Purdue's going to need a couple more guys, I think, obviously, to step up and be playmakers. And I think Tracy's going to have to be one of those guys.
0: All right. So did you have uh, did you have play calling issues uh, with what Dref Brom did in the uh, in the fourth quarter? Here here is my take on on I understand you <laughs> want to be aggressive. You need one more first down. I have never been in a stadium anywhere ever, especially in Ross Aid where the number of people like in unison screaming toward the sideline to run the football. I mean, it was sort of crazy. Uh, it just, Especially at Purdue, where everybody wants to throw the ball all over the yard. But after Purdue got it to second and six on the one run, King DeRue's four-yard run on that first down, I felt like Purdue should have ran it on that second down. That was the one to me. You run it on that second down, if you get the third and three, or maybe – you know, third and two it mm-hmm. uh, gives you some options for what you want to do on that third down, where if you could just pick up three yards on the second down, you've got options then whether to run the ball perhaps on the third down or, you know, just a, a short throw of some sort uh, to get that first down. That's the, that's the one play that I felt like Purdue could have ran the ball at least one more time. I mean, there are other instances, but that one was the big one. Yeah, fair
1: criticisms, and, um, you know, the last two times Purdue had the ball before their, their final possession after the Penn State touchdown, Kyle, they ran I think it was 12 plays, 11 of those were passes. And, and yeah, you know, uh, Jeff Brom said in the postgame, he reiterated that on Monday, that, uh, you know, Penn State was doing a good job locking up the receivers for the Boilermakers and man coverage. Remember, Kyle, that's a very good Penn State secondary Probably uh, has a couple pros, maybe the best secondary Purdue sees all, all year. And then they had extra men in the box, Darren Purdue to run it. So, again, the configuration of the defense was, again, not conducive to running the ball, even though you have to run the ball, and you still maybe like to take your shots at running the football, but it didn't happen. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, you make good points and you have valid criticisms there. I think um, Jeff Braum, obviously, is always evaluating his program. And you know what, Kyle? I mean, you've been around this Purdue program for a long time. You, you, you saw all those Joe Tiller-era games, and that offense was similar to Brahms where it just really is not built yeah. to, to milk clock and, and to run that four-minute offense and to protect the lead. And uh, it is what it is. It's a big play offense. who wants to throw the ball up the field and be aggressive. So uh, Purdue well, almost did it, Kyle. If, if, I guess if Payne Durham comes up with that catch, first down, maybe only one first down is all you need, and then game over, right? It didn't happen, so uh, again, everything's still on the plate for Purdue, obviously. Uh, the loss stings, you would have liked to have had it. In my preseason projections, I had this as a loss, and uh, I still think there's a good chance this team to go 9-3, and three And but again, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, because Purdue's going to be in similar instances moving forward here. If they can move the clock when and run the ball, when everybody knows
0: that's what they want to try to do. As you mentioned earlier, Charlie Jones had 12 receptions for 153 yards. He had what did he have? He had one more reception than Iowa, than Spencer Petras completed. And I think the <laughs> Hawkeyes 7-3 to three non-touchdown of victory. I think Iowa only threw for like 109 yards, too. And certainly Charlie Jones uh, found what he was looking for in coming to Purdue. The question, though, is does Purdue need a – if he is the first option, which at least appears as if right now uh, he's the first option – if he is, does Purdue need a, a consistent second guy or can it do what it did regularly against Penn State in week one? And that is, you know, just distribute pretty evenly among everyone else for that second option.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a, a, if a number two guy has been an ID just yet, but like you said, Charlie Jones looks like he's going to separate himself and be that alpha receiver that is the favored target of Aiden O'Connell. 19 targets on Thursday, Kyle. That's a lot of targets. I'm not sure if David Bell has ever targeted that many times in any game at Purdue. So there you go on that front. And, yeah, Mershon Rice, I talked about him earlier. We all know his issues with staying healthy throughout his career. Maybe he can do that this year because he's got a world of potential. He's got the size and the speed uh, to be, again, a, a nice playmaker for that offense on the perimeter. You know, T.J. Sheffield, I think, the staff likes him a lot. I think Deion Burks is the guy that we didn't see much of Thursday. I think we probably need to see more of him, the redshirt freshman, maybe the fastest receiver they have as well. And we talked about Tyrone Tracy a little bit, so that mix of guys right there. And even, you know, we saw sprinkles of Elijah Canyon, the Auburn transfer, right, in the red zone. Up. They trusted him enough mm-hmm. to get him out there, and and uh, I think we even targeted him a couple of times. And and maybe the X factor we haven't even talked about yet Brock Thompson, right, Kyle? Had the scare with the knee issue, uh, he got dinged up during the game. We all know the well chronicled story of, of his injuries and in the in the, in the surgeries in the off season right and uh, they really handled him with care and camp and boom, right out of the gate, he gets his knee dinged up. Um, Jeff Powell thought he'd be ready to go sadly we'll see uh, but again, he's a guy if he can get healthy and stay healthy, he could be that that compliment. to to, to Charlie Jones to give Purdue a nice one-two punch
0: as well. All right, Tom, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of uh, defense and the Boilermakers. We'll do that uh, coming up next. You're listening to Golden Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship, a relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life, a relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grills menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Easton Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better, whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland. Your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-583-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-583-3185. Experience
1: unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the Ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Designing and building since 1968,
0: TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's
1: people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com.
0: The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. One more action for opening night. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven and you win. Bet on any NFL game of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points, at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GOLDANDBLACK to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code GOLDANDBLACK only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Heading to see the Boilermakers take on the Wisconsin Badgers on October 22nd. Sign up to win four tickets and an overnight stay at Sand Valley, a Midwest resort located just an hour and a half from Madison. Complimentary shuttle to the game is included. Visit sandvalleypursuits.com to enter. Exit Pizza is teaming up with Aiden O'Connell on the Aiden's Air Raid Pizza all summer long. Aiden likes his a loaded with barbecue, pulled pork, peppers, and Grippos potato chips. Azip is owned by former walk-on football player Brad Niemeyer with locations in Lafayette, Evansville, Indianapolis, and more. Check it out at azippizza.com. That's A-Z-Z-I-P-P-I-Z-Z-A.com. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Hey, Kyle with Tom, talking a little bit of football. Purdue headed into its 4 o'clock kick against Indiana State on Saturday after the loss to Penn State last Thursday. Uh, Tom, not a lot of pressure for Purdue during basically the first three quarters. I think on the the last play of the third quarter, Purdue had a quarterback hurry, Scotty Humpage, and then he had a sack on the first play of the fourth quarter. I would imagine that you also noticed this I did uh, sitting in the stands. It was, uh, I called it a half posse, uh, where Purdue moved uh, <laughs> Joe Tiller. Joe Tiller called that alignment the posse way back in the day where you moved the two defensive ends to defensive tackle and put two more ends on the field. Uh, Purdue did it a little bit. It would put a humpage in and it moved Jack Sullivan in to defensive tackle. I thought that alignment, more than any other alignment, Gave Purdue a little bit of uh, a little bit of pass rush out there. Certainly, Humpage looked pretty good in his debut as a boilermaker. We probably need to see more of him, don't we? I mean, he he played on passing downs, but man, he did create some things in the backfield that otherwise, when he was not out there, Purdue just did not get enough pressure. Yeah, he had the the lone
1: sack for the boilermakers. Uh... I think he let him in pressures too. Kyron Jenkins, I thought, did a good job getting some pressure as well. And you're exactly right, Kyle. There were uh, maybe upwards of eighteen to twenty instances, by my count, uh, Purdue having two Leos on the field at the same time. And yeah, you harken back to the Joe Tiller days. I remember that posse formation. You guys writing and talking about it back in the day, just to get a little more push, a little more oomph a little more athletic ability and explosiveness on that D-line, and, and Mark Hagan's not afraid to experiment and, and do all he can, because we all know, Kyle, that was a big issue coming in this year, right? How were they going to rush the passer with Big George off the NFL? Uh, we all agree there is, is no Carl Karloftis on the roster, but there's some players with nice potential, and, again, the two guys you spoke of, <clears throat> in particular, Humpage, I think the guy would uh, be nice to see more of. You know, right now, Kyler Jenkins is the number one Leo Humphage is number two, but I think on those passing downs, we'll see both those guys on the field together. And, Kyle, I'd like to see or hear your thoughts on the true freshman, number five, Nick Carraway. You know, he saw six snaps of action. I think we're going to see a lot more of him moving forward, too. He could be a real difference maker as he slowly weaned in here over the course of his true freshman year. Yeah,
0: I was asked before the game whether I thought that we would see him In week one, and I I just wasn't sure whether I I, I think that he's going to have a big impact on Purdue eventually and maybe this season and maybe more as we go on. I didn't know how much he would play in week one. Five snaps um, seems like about the right amount. But, yeah, I I think that in time we might see more of him and Humpage. I just felt like Purdue was a different team with Scotty out there on the field as far as being able yep. to create some pressure. Because there were some times in that game where Purdue just, just didn't get any pressure at all, and it really hurt.
1: Yeah, you think of Rob Ninkovich. I think of Rob Ninkovich when I see Scotty Humpitz. A lot of similarities um, physically between those two guys. Uh, hopefully yeah. Humpitz can be half the player Ninkovich was. But you're right. We all know the importance of a pass rush. That was a sixth-year quarterback Purdue was facing in Sean Cliff. And we saw the moxie on that last drive when he, he took his teammate yards to pay dirt came back earlier from, I guess, twisting his knee a little bit, and had some cramping issues too. So now that was a good signal caller. They saw the line did a pretty good job overall, like you said, for Penn state, but Purdue's got some stuff to work with. I believe up there, there was a fresh rotation of bodies too. And that's the real strength of that line. I think Kyle, um, when they play those physical teams, like Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota, they want to pound you. You know, Purdue's going to be able to keep, a nice rotation of fresh bodies out there to, to hopefully hold up into the fourth quarter and not get run over and hang in the game.
0: Tackles were a problem at times. Purdue missed several oh. of them. I think Jeff Brown pointed out during the press conference on Monday, maybe five plays in particular, that the tackling was a problem. That That was a frustration. For game one, we have not seen that a lot during Jeff Brom's tenure. Just tackling problems in general, even though you know Purdue's had a number of different defensive coordinators. Now uh, they generally have done a, a good job of tackling, but that was one of the one of the uh, worst games. Seems like in, in recent past here in, in terms of tackling for Purdue.
1: Yeah, according to Pro Football Focus, Purdue had 15 missed tackles overall, and. <clears throat> None were more glaring, obviously, than right before the end of the first half. Right, uh, you know, it was what 14 to 10, Penn State, and after the T.J. Sheffield fumble, Penn State's chances of adding any points in the half. But lo and behold, we see that you know, uh, two guys miss a tackle on, on Brenton Strange, the Penn State tight end. He rumbled 67 yards to Paydirk. I look up at the clock, and there's two seconds left in the half. Kyle, just a backbreaker, 21 to 10 at the half. Right. And also we saw a missed tackle on the open field on 27-yard uh, touchdown catch, too, by the Penn State receiver. So anytime that stuff happens in the open field is obviously very glaring for everybody. But he aware of it, and they've already started working on it this last weekend. Kyle, you know, again, um, these, these coaches, they shy from doing a lot of full live contact in training camp for fear of guys getting hurt, right? So it's not uncommon to see maybe some sloppy tackling right out of the gate because of that. Um, but still, like you said, you'd like to see it a little bit more buttoned up, especially, if you got Kyle, from guys who, who are veteran players.
0: Yeah. All right, Tom, appreciate it. Take care, buddy. That's uh, Tom Deanhart on the podcast. Of course, uh, we'll have much more in-depth Purdue and Indiana State in our pregame podcast. We'll release that about mid-morning on Friday. All right, that'll do it for our podcast. Be sure to uh, log on for goldandblack.com for more news throughout the week. Uh, Thanks to our sponsors, as always, including A-Zip Pizza. Want to eat like Aiden O'Connell? Try Aiden's Air Raid at A-Zip all September long. Barbecue, pork peppers, and grippos potato chips are some of his favorite toppings. Available in Lafayette, Indianapolis, and Evansville at A-Zip Pizza. Visit A-Z-Z-I-P-P-I-Z-Z-A.com. If you do like the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars. Also, leave us a comment as well. We would certainly appreciate that. More podcasts drop throughout the week. Pre-game podcast, mid-morning on Friday. That'll do it for this edition. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.